0: Today's episode of A Little Juju Podcast is sponsored in part by Soulful Vibes. Are you looking to join a community that can help you manifest your dreams and learn how to evolve spiritually? Our friends at Soulful Vibes have got y'all covered. Soulful Vibes is a curated spiritual community created to educate and offer alternative methods of healing through spiritual and metaphysical products and services. You can consider them your spiritual healing marketplace here to provide you with everything you need to lead a better lifestyle. You can even shop based on what you're looking to manifest like love, money, success, health, you name it. They got it. They've provided us with an exclusive offer to share. So you can save 15% off of all of their products using the code JUJU15. That's JUJU15. Go ahead and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Soulful Vibes Co, that's C-O, and begin your journey of creating a life filled with soulful vibes. And all of that will be in the show notes. All you need is a little juju. Welcome, welcome, welcome to A Little Juju Podcast. This is the podcast all about Black-ass spirituality, honoring our ancestors and ourselves, decolonizing our spiritual traditions and religions and embracing religions of the African diaspora. I truly believe that uh, freedom, freedom is, is, is here. Freedom is in the spirit, liberation is in the spirit. And so that is what this podcast is about. I feel like I switch up the intro all the time because I be feeling different ways and like I can do what I want. I can say what I wanna say guys. Say no, but thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I'm your host, Juju Bay. I am your favorite black, bisexual, hashtag happy pride. Okay, happy pride. (laughs) Spiritualist, medium, Reiki practitioner, psychic, hoodoo, um, Ifa, uh, Orisha devotee. A pet to be, show day, all the things, um, bad bitch witch, of course, and so happy to be hosting another episode. So happy to be here. So happy to, you know, share my journey with all of you as you all embark on your own journey that won't look like mine, but you know, is beautiful in its own right. Um, because yeah, don't be comparing. Keep. We have to listen this is a communal work, but it's very personal. It's very personal. So sometimes it can be easy to look at somebody else's journey or somebody else's life or, and I used to do this too. So, you know, compare like, Oh, I don't hear spirits. I, I that means I'm not doing something right. Or my ancestors never come to me in dreams, even when I ask them to, or, um, I don't have loving community around me, so I'm not actually engaging in the work. That's not true. You're just on your path, on your journey, experiencing what you're experiencing at that time. In the same ways that I'm on my path, in the same ways that my elders and peers are on their journeys, you know, they're not going to look the same and they shouldn't look the same. So the fact that, you know, we can all find our own healing and we can all have the personal relationships that we do with the divine, um, but they look different, is actually, But yet we can respect other people's practices and works. That's actually doing the work. Like that's the work right there that we can witness each other um, maybe going about our, our practices differently, um, but with the same respect and with the same honor of each other. That's the work. So that's it. Um, anywho, going on a little tangent. But yes, again, happy Pride. It is June. Okay, I'm, I'm recording this on June 3rd. So um, happy pride to everyone who celebrates, who acknowledges, who is, you know, queer, trans, gender nonconforming, gay, bi, you know, whatever label label that you have or may not have, because I'm definitely, even though I, I call myself bisexual, I really, um, I'm not like super into, you know, labeling my sexuality much these days and even gender, like, I don't know. It's just all a lot for me. I'm I'm definitely giving labels off for soup can vibes <laughs> more recently. But regardless of how you identify, happy pride to you, let's be critical this month and every month of how you know we have internalized, you know, white westernized, uh, Christian centric ideals around the body, ideals around sexual identity and identity in general. Let's make sure that we're always, you know, asking questions that we're always challenging ourselves. Like, am I just, do I think this about this particular person or body or identity? Because that is what, you know, white westernized Judeo-Christian religion has taught me. So remember, we we're decolonizing y'all, and that has touched all of us. So we just being mindful of that. Uh this month and every month, of course. So yeah, all that good stuff. Anyway, let's let's get this episode. Papin, let's drop that intro baby. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. For no say, no And I'll never give play. play. I'll take your photo to the grave But that ain't even my thing I just stay at the crossroads pray I just pour a little honey from my face To make a stay. Cause I hate when bay leaves But I manifest a little with my bay leaves I'm my ancestors' baby, So I give them everything that they gave me Yeah, so I can't be Manifested everything gives me props. i spiritually rounded while I'm on the top. My spirits surrounded so I'll never drop drop. If you would like to keep up with the conversation or find other people who are in community who listen to this podcast, you can always hashtag on Twitter ALJ Pod. You can hashtag pod in P-O-D-I-N to find other podcasts of color. Um it's a kind of mark a little juju podcast in there. You can hashtag a little juju podcast if you want to spell that all out. Whatever you want to do, uh, we can find community with each other through looking through the hashtags. Um, So let's do that. Uh, Shout out to everybody who reached out after my last episode saying like, what topics do y'all want me to talk about? What do you want to hear? What do you want to see? Um, I got a lot of good information through my email and DM. Like, please talk about this. Please talk about that. Some of those things I can't talk about, (laughs) but I'm glad you asked. I appreciate you asking. Um, Everyone always has really good and thoughtful questions. So thank you. Thank you to y'all. And um, I wanted to say something else. Oh, child. (laughs) Why did I say on Twitter the other day, and then I put it on Instagram. I said, I ain't gonna lie to you. Wealthy people put their bags, meaning their purses is what I meant. Wealthy people put their bags on the ground. I need to have a chat with my elders. And for those of y'all who don't know, there's this old saying, you know, there's this tale, belief, whatever you call it in hoodoo. But a lot of old time religions that say um, you're not supposed to put your purse on the floor or the ground because it means you're going to be broke or go broke. A purse on the floor is money out the door. That's what the old folks say, right? Right. So I don't really put my purse on the ground or the floor personally, because I think that it is dirty, but also that that saying is constantly in my head. So, but I've noticed a lot of people who got money, at least to me, seems as if they have money, but also just people who I know are well off, rich, wealthy, whatever, be having their little pocketbooks on the floor. And I need to know what is the truth. What's the truth? (laughs) Elders, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I love, it was a lot of good conversation under my Instagram post saying that and in the Twitter and, and people's thoughts around, well, maybe the floor is grounding or maybe that was oh, yes, wrong. Or maybe, you know, back in the day it meant a certain thing, but now it can be changed. But, you know, I don't know. I just like to make us think, you know, I like to be able to ask questions and I had to be honest about it. I'm telling people don't put the purse on the floor, but people have their Chanel's and their their Hermes bags on the floor and the Fendi on the floor. And not just celebrities, like just rich folks in general. I see them, you know, if they're out at restaurants, parties, dinner parties, um, courtside basketball, them purses be on the floor, honey. And granted, I don't know their whole life, but they got a couple more dollars more than a couple more dollars than probably a lot of us. So, um, just curious what y'all think about that. You know, I don't know if I have thoughts necessarily. I just be stating my observations and I think it's always good to just ask questions. That's what I like to do. Ask questions and, and have conversation about certain things. So shout out to everyone who shared their viewpoint on why rich people put their bags on the floor, even though our grandmamas told us to keep our bags off, honey, um, um, so anywho, that's enough of me rambling. I want to make sure that we give us ample time and that the podcast episode isn't too long because we have such a wonderful interview today. Um with the ancestral herbiary, Ia herself. Um, so well, let's get into that. Um yeah why don't we do donations and then get into this interview because it was so good and we really got to some of the herbal tea no pun get it herbal tea we got to the like herbal tea like you drink within like the tea about herbs herbal tea <laughs> Okay. Never mind. all you need is a little juju So big, big shout out to my patrons per usual. I want to give a first shout out to Nicolette. Thank you so much, Nicolette, for upping your pledge. Shout out to Desiree Briggs for upping your pledge. Shout out to Von Shea for becoming a patron. Shout out to Courtney Winters for upping your pledge. Rachel Pretlow for becoming a patron. Sakara Dupree. Um, Brittany Wallman. Simone Johnson. Excuse me, Jennifer Jenkins. Uh, shout out to Alexandria Elizabeth for editing your pledge, for still remaining a patron. I appreciate you. Shout out to Katrina Long. Shout out to Christina Willis for upping your pledge. IRF, yes, Earth. thank you for becoming a patron. Shout out to Rashida Ali for editing your pledge and still sticking by me. Shout out to Kyra Monet. Shout out to Aaron Sosa. Uh, Lesa Lee, thank you for editing your pledge and being a patron. And that is everyone on the Patreon list. I appreciate y'all always. Thank you so, 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 so much for sharing the energy of abundance uh, through the energy of money specifically with me. I share it back with you all tenfold as you're sharing it with me. May you have all of the resources. May you have the financial capacity, uh, all the capacities really to do whatever it is that you want to fulfill your dreams, to start your thing, to do that thing, um, I pray that you have it uh, tenfold, a hundredfold. Blessings, blessings, blessings all over you from the power of the tongue. So, thank you so much again to all of my patrons and for those of y'all who hit me up on uh, the Venmo and Cash App and PayPal as well. You are very much appreciated. All you need is a little juju. Now, let's get into this interview um, because I'm so excited to have the Ancestral herbary. On A Little Juju Podcast, I don't know when I came across their page, but I think since I have, I've just learned so much and started to think about herbalism in a different way. You know, I don't identify as an herbalist though. I do work with herbs. I'm so I'm so happy that she exists. I'm so happy that we were able to share virtual space on the podcast and we're really going to get into you know some of our favorite herbs we're going to talk about the orisha we're going to talk about a little bit of everything y'all so sit back relax and enjoy this interview that I have with Ia Ifayomi lovingly known as the Ancestral Herbiary all you need is a little juju I am very, very, very excited to get into today's interview on A Little Juju Podcast because I have, well, we have none other than E I, Ifayomi, which you may know as um, the... Capital letters T H E Ancestral Herbary on Twitter um, and on Instagram. So thank you, thank you so much, Ia, for being here today and sharing your work with us. I've been looking forward to the, to this interview for a while, so I'm glad we got to we got to do it.
1: Thanks for having me. I, I feel
0: special, V. <laughs> <laughs> you are special. Like you're just someone that I just has been on my list. Like I am going to talk <laughs> to Ia <Ea> Yeah. <Ifayomi. laughs> Period. So I'm glad it manifested. So thank you, thank you so much. Um, so in my interviews, I like to just start off simple. Like, who who are you? How do you identify yourself as, and how you show up in the world? Um, my pronouns are she, her, sometimes they, eh?
1: <laughs> okay. uh, depending on you know how I'm feeling mm-hmm. that day. Um, but no, I just I show up in the world as me. You know, I'm very transparent. Um, a very simple person. Um, I don't like complicated things. And so I try to keep my medicine the same way.
0: Ooh, I like that answer. Um, so, what uh, spiritual traditions do you follow and practice?
1: Well, I am uh, an initiated priest in Isheche or traditional Ifa. Mm-hmm. Um, I also practice uh, the ways of my ancestors in the the Muskegee traditions uh though they would be considered Creek Indians okay uh as well and you know there's there's a, a little bit of hoodoo sprinkled up in there cuz you know my <laughs> granny could pay, pray her way out of anything
0: mhm hoodoo always going to sneak its way in there okay um So you said that you are an initiated priest. So that reminds me, I remember one time you tweeted that people do not greet priests correctly um, often. And so I'm wondering if you can just tell us, how are we supposed to properly greet a priest in the She tradition? Uh,
1: Well, it does depend on what they're initiated to Uh, for me, since I am initiated into Ifa. Um, you would just greet me a mm-hmm. Boro Um, And in turn, I would respond a boshi of, a. It's you know, I tweeted it, but I have to think about it, not many people are privy to that information because it's mm-hmm. not just in the open. Right.
0: Um,
1: but when you are greeting the priest, you're not just you know greeting me, you're greeting my Orisha. Sure. Uh, that are with me as well and as she got on my head about it one mm. day, it was like nobody's greeting me i'm like it's okay no one you know really knows right right um but no, you're you're not only greeting the Orisha, you're you're asking that priest, you know, I, I accept that my, my prayers and my um my offerings be accepted. Mm-hmm. And the priest is responding, basically, that they have, you know, they've been accepted. So it's beneficial for
0: both parties. Right. It's a blessing all the way around. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I just wanted to ask because I was like, my editor actually sent me that question, like, can you please ask her <laughs> this? <So laughs> I <was> like, yes, <laughs> I will start off asking that. So shout out to, thank you, Kobe. Um, So you said that you practice varying traditions. I'm curious how they all go together for you or how they work together. Do you find um, that there's ever conflict in practicing? Uh, You name like three different things. So how does that work for you?
1: Um, There actually aren't any contradictions between Mm -hmm. any of them. They flow seamlessly. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we have a little mare and the Arumale and the Orisha. Um, in Muskegee traditions, we have the creator, mm-hmm. um, and then we have varying spirits of nature. Uh, so they, they all kind of go hand in hand. Um, in Muskegee traditions, we will go to the spirits in nature that are causing certain problems. Uh, pray to those spirits, ask for those spirits to, um, to leave, things like that. Um, and it, it's it's kind of similar to how we practice within the sheshe. Um, so I don't see many contradictions. It's more so which one am I applying at this Mm. moment? Okay. Depending on the circumstance.
0: Okay. And how do you, I guess, how, how do you go about deciding which one applies? Like, what does that process look like of, okay, right now I'm in this, but maybe tomorrow I need to use this. Like, what does that look like for you?
1: Um, usually I pray before I do anything. I'm praying, um, you know, whether it's directly to the or the creator, uh, or my ancestors, Ekbe, cause you know, it's like E5 company, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm praying and wherever I feel that lead towards, uh, it's usually where I start. Um, but what I've been seeing mostly, especially, uh, since I initiated to egg Bay, I'm putting elements of, both of those traditions in there um and you know sometimes i have to throw in a prayer with a, a psalm or something from ecclesiastes if my says so okay um <laughs> that's listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes a, a good old prayer do it um but i i do have varying elements so if i am you know putting together medicine for someone who has uh, headaches. Um, you know, I know the prayers for uh, Osayan, Nifa, who are, whomever within Eshese to remedy those. And then also know the prayers for the birds in Muskegee traditions that are causing the headaches. Mm-hmm. So I I try to incorporate them both.
0: Right. That's so powerful that we are in a place to be able to incorporate both in all and all and everything as it's needed. Um, and that we have just so many different bloodlines running through us that we have access to varying medicines. Like I always am just like, wow, that's so amazing. <laughs> like, it's just so amazing, um, <laughs> that we're able to do that and that you're able to do that. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, so you're problem. talking about Osine, um, and for those who don't know, well, uh, you can say who is Osine? Uh, who isn't Osine is the question. <laughs> um,
1: Come on. um he, for for me, he is the one that connected me to the world around me. Um, who's taught me to have an objective point of view in terms of not only healing myself but healing people. Um, it's said that he's is, he's is the Arisha of medicine, uh, the Arisha of nature, um, but he's he's very picky, <laughs> from what I have noticed. Um, when I'm like calling him down with orikis or prayers, he's he's very picky about how medicine is made, who I'm making it for. Mm-hmm. You know, are they doing the the iwapele side of things mm-hmm. as well? Um, because for him that is important. I can give you the medicine, but the character development has to happen too.
0: Right.
1: Right. Um, um, in layman's terms, that's what that uh, what I can bring it down to.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. Um, so for those who will be like, who might be like, wait a minute, what? Okay, so Iwapele is good character in Yoruba, and so good character is like the crux of being in this practice. It is, mm-hmm. you know, you can do the Ebo, which is the sacrifices, you can say the prayers, but if you ain't moving right, like all of that could be for naught. Like if you're not being a good person, if you're not being clear, you're not sending your, bed, if you're not doing your own work then what is the, the, the sacrifice? What is, you know, the, the whatever you're trying to do and accomplish if you're not moving. Right. Um, so that's what that is now. Okay. So in working with Osain, well, I guess my question is this, and then we'll get into that. How long have you been working with uh, plant medicine?
1: Plant medicine in general, because I have a background in chemistry, so I've been uh. doing it unintentionally for years. Okay. Um, but focusing on it, I would say um, the last three or four years. Okay. Um, yeah, just zoning in on herbal medicine itself, yeah, the last three or four years.
0: Okay. And so were you in Orisha tradition, did that happen simultaneously or were you kind of working with herbal medicine before you initiated
1: I was working with herbal medicine before. Uh, orisha traditions weren't even on my radar. <laughs> oh. Um, I was, you know, I was minding my business. I had my ancestral altar and just making that work and um one day a Rumula came to me in the dream in the form of a an older man drawing the infinity symbol in the sand and touched my forehead.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And here we are, you know, a couple of years later. <laughs>
0: wow. One thing about the Orisha, they're gonna show up in a dream. Um, and for those who don't know, can you tell us who Arumela is? Um, the Arumila is the witness to all creation. It. Um he be knowing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. So that's basically it. That's he, it. you know, he be knowing. Oruma is the orisha that be known and that That knows. Ashe, so what got you into herbal medicine? When did you feel like the plants were calling you, I guess?
1: Well, I've always had an exposure as I was growing up. You know, we always, there are always those family remedies with Mm -hmm. rabbit, tobacco or pot liquor, you know, not knowing, right. That those were, uh, Varying forms of herbal medicine. But uh, in 2014, I was diagnosed with MS. Uh, that's multiple mm-hmm. sclerosis. Uh, and basically, my immune system is attacking my nervous system. And um, a lot of the medicines that they have, almost all the medicines that they have out there, are expensive. Um, they're not covered by insurance. And they're experimental, so they may not even work. Wow. And I was having all kinds of uh, flare-ups. Sorry, there's a plane in the background. <laughs> okay. um, uh, I was having all kinds of flare-ups and my quality of life was horrible. Um, and then, you know, one day my my granny, bless you know, rest her soul, came to me in a dream. And she was like, this is what you need to do. And I've been using that that formula ever since. Wow. And it was a test. It was a healing, but it was a test also, because if I hadn't followed through, she would have come back to me with this gift that we know as Ancestor Herbiary.
0: Wow. That's so powerful. And I've spoken to a few different people on the podcast who it all started with the dream from a granny. Like it's just, <laughs> it just gives me goosebumps every time someone says that to me. Cause it's like, wow, this, you just can't make this up. Like, and, and it all happened when people were experiencing sickness or illness in some way. And, and the dream from a granny came and gave them some type of medicine to use. Um, and then it just goes from there. Um, but I'm sure those of you all who are listening are, are, listening are familiar with Ancestor herbiary but if you're not, like I don't know what you're doing because Ia um, Ifayomi be going off on Twitter, be going off on Instagram, but also, but what I mean by going off is providing really solid knowledge on herbalism, particularly for beginners. And really, I think what you do is like deconstructs a lot of myths that we hear um, about what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to be taking, what's okay to take. And we ain't never consulted with nobody about nothing, but we just taking things. And you always are like, don't be doing that. (laughs) You you just can't do that because this is medicine. Um, And so, well, that leads me to a few different things I want to talk about, but I'll ask this first. And when you said that you had multiple sclerosis and you started healing yourself with plant medicine specifically, I'm wondering how you feel about Western medicine and its place. And when do we decide which one to go to? Is there space for us to use both? There's a lot of conversation about this topic. And I just wanna know how you feel about Mm -hmm. when we use indigenous medicine, when we use Western medicine, is it okay to mix? Like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I think my opinion may be different than a lot of people's.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Western medicine
0: serves its purpose.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I I have issue with Western medicine and the pharmaceutical industry because you know it's built off of keeping people sick. Um, right, it's not built off uh, treating the whole person. You know, they they make money off of your ailments uh but western medicine has access to things that i don't like it's great for acute health like if you if you're having a heart attack I, please go to the er right <laughs> don't, don't don't call me right, right. <laughs> if you had an accident go to the er mm-hmm. um but they in in my mind uh if i wouldn't allow things that did not serve a purpose and so even, even with my immunitis, I haven't had any um, any symptoms or issues since I initiated to EFA last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, right? <laughs> um, but I still go to see my doctor for checkups. And right. when I'm doing that, I'm having a communication with EFA if you're not initiated into anything or you don't practice any tradition, having a conversation or prayer with your ancestors, spirit guides, angels, whomever um, that the physician that you're seeing is being led appropriately to give you the, to give you the healing or assisting in healing mm-hmm. uh, that you need for your body to be complete. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, you touches such as everything. So mm-hmm. even with my neurologist, all right, as <laughs> you, if I, I, you know, I'm praying that you you guide him to have to make the appropriate decisions and to actually listen to me, mm-hmm. so that we can have a, a healthy, functional relationship. Right. Because um, the 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 new thing now is Western medicine. Western medicine is bad. Take these herbs instead, you know, and that's that's cool. But we don't have a I don't want to say. It. How do I say this? Um, there really is no way to see if someone has underlying health conditions if you haven't been trained to look for it. Mm. And I'm all about I'm all about herbalism and Black and Indigenous herbalists, but I don't want to see anybody get sued, you know, uh, charged for medical malpractice practicing as a doctor without a license because they they look out for that, especially us. Um, so yeah, I I have my gripes with Western medicine in the pharmaceutical industry, but it serves a purpose. Um, I loop it in in my own work. You know, it's like, hey, make sure you talk to your doctor. If you're if you are going to consider taking any of these herbs or anything that I recommend it, make sure you let your doctor know. So that way if at some point they prescribe you something, they know that, hey, this person is taking this. This may contradict or cause a side effect. Um, to what they're already taking because in as much as I dislike western medicine in the pharmaceutical industry your life as my client is more important
0: mm-hmm. more important and, than that
1: dislike right mm-hmm. and it's all about how can how can I as someone that you trust with all aspects of you make this easier right and you know, sometimes we have to put we got to put the the ego aside to do what's mm-hmm. best.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate you sharing this point of view. Uh, it is the same as mine. I think that <laughs> it can all go together, and people are different, and they just need different medicines. And it's possible for us to find medicines in different places. And so, I never want to kick my medicine to the side if it's over here, even in places where I may not think it it is. I mean, that's something that I talk about a lot. And more recently, since I started taking antidepressant and anxiety medication, Western medication, I go get my refills and everything. And I I also recognize that I feel a lot better. And so, you know, I engage in my indigenous and herbalist practices, but my ancestors was like, girl, if you don't go in and take that (laughs) that daggone medication and go (laughs) hit somewhere. And I'm like, okay, let me me put my own ego to the side and do what's best for me. Um, And now I feel better. So- Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think this kind of gets into my next question question of what do you think people, I guess lay people, get wrong about what it means to work with plant medicine? Kind of what are the conversations that you see that you're just like, ooh, y'all, no, not that. All you need is a little juju.
1: Oh, I think the biggest thing is that Herbs are going to fix everything. Mm. They, Western medicine, you know, they they teach people to not have accountability for where they are with their health. And I'll get a lot of people who will say, well, how can I fix this? I'm like, well, if you have blood pressure issues and it's, you know, it's genetic, um, what are you doing to maintain a healthy lifestyle? Oh, well, I'm not trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle. I just need to know the herbs that will help with it see mm-hmm. and that's where it's like if i i can give you the medicine right. but you will be taking it for the rest of your life which if that's the case you could continue with your pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. um you have to heal you gotta you have to heal the whole person that emerged uh, oh that southern accent is about to come out real quick <laughs> that- <laughs> we welcome it <laughs> <laughs> that emotional uh, labor, the the labor of um, mental health, um, the, the labor of spiritual health, all of those are important. Um, one thing about the Muscogee tradition, for you to be in harmony, all aspects of you and varying points of your life have to be in harmony too. And so we need all of those aspects to be in alignment so that the medicine can do its job right and so that that's probably the biggest thing because people just like okay so I'll take this and I'll get better no you still have to do the the
0: work Mm -hmm. there there's work regardless right and I would argue that plant medicine takes more work (laughs) like you have Mm -hmm. to be committed to not just quote-unquote healing whatever the issue is, but really what the issue is, what you're saying is like your mental health, your physical health, your, your emotional health, your like health all the way around. Um, so yeah, thank you for speaking on that. And also I will say as someone who is just like, taking plant medicine regu- regularly, you know, it takes longer to me. Like it can it take a long time for it to kick in. You got to get used to certain things, um, which many of us are not used to with the pharmaceutical industry. Cause I can take a Tylenol and I won't have a headache um, very shortly after. So there's mm-hmm. also a level of commitment, I think too, when you start engaging with herbalism, cause it's like, this may take longer than you're used to. Um mm-hmm. And that's fine, but like be prepared to do that, that work um, ever mm-hmm. taking longer.
1: I would agree. It's, if, if you want to learn how to work with spirit, take some plant medicine because you really have to trust the process and do your part. That's, that's really what it is. Because even in like spiritual realms, um, in EFA, right? If we're you, praying to EFA to do something and we do need a boat, we have to trust that it's going to get done. Right, um, and that that's really what it is. You have to trust that the plant knows about more in this aspect than you do, so mm-hmm. let it do its job.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that you said that because it always reminds and grounds us that plants are spirits <laughs> themselves. And also, again, another argument I make is that pr- plants are one of the smartest beings that exists in the lands because they've been around Mm -hmm. so long. They've been around longer than humans. And so, yeah, trusting that the spirit of that plant is going to know how to remedy or help or assist or fix whatever it is you're seeking. Um, And it'll do it in its time because it's a spirit and it knows to me more (laughs) probably Mm -hmm. than what we might know. Um, So thank you for saying that. Um, Okay. So how do you, I remember you tweeted this, And I don't remember it word for word. I couldn't find it. But you said something about um, there's no regulation system for becoming an herbalist. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: Can you speak? more on that because I think I've seen different things I didn't know if it was a regulation system or like a certification that you can get to say that you're a real one or not like how does that whole thing work like can I decide I'm herbalist one day like how do you get certified and then (laughs) what is a regulatory system if there is how do how is it regulated if it is at all so Um, I mean few people mad
1: about this but i haven't wanted to talk about it for a while so i'm ready okay (laughs) we here um legally there is not a regulation system we don't have a board that tests the aptitude of those who call themselves herbalists um many people in the the medical field um or just western medicine in general assume that herbalism is a pseudoscience We know that it's not, but that's what they consider it. The American Medical Association does not recognize it as a science, as well. Um, The only time that they do is if there are scientific uh, periodicals, journals, and research to back up the studies of what the herbs can do. Um, There are a plethora of schools that you can go to get a a clinical herbalist, master herbalist, certified herbalist. A certificate however that paperwork won't hold up in weight if you get sued oh wow so I mean it looks nice and you know sometimes people will call me a master herbalist and I'm like eh. it, you know it, it doesn't hold any weight um, we don't have the same protections as someone who is a doctor would um, we can practice under religious implications but that only goes so far um, and so that, for me, that causes me to push people even more to understand the fragility of life. You know, don't just be out here recklessly recommending herbs to people because you will be responsible for what happens to that person. Um, but no, there, there's not anything out there. You can get liability insurance, but there's not um, a method of protection for herbalists because we don't have. That board of certification. Um, you know, some people will argue with that, like, "Oh, but I'm a master herbalist, or you know, I got this certificate and I paid this school." Yes, you can do that. Yes, but in all honesty, you can wake up tomorrow and say, "I'm going to be an herbalist," right, and sell yourself as that way. And people will. What's dangerous about it? Like, I understand not having regulation because this is indigenous. These are indigenous practices. Um, But what's dangerous about it is because it's lucrative right now, anybody can say that they're an herbalist and people will trust them because they just have that associated with their name. Um, And so that's why, you know, I'm always on my soapbox about, hey, do not jump on the elderberry train. Do not jump on the chlorophyll train, sea moss train. They're all beneficial, but y'all have to start paying attention to these side effects. And if you're even supposed to be taking it. Um, so it's it's like two sides to the coin. I understand we're not having regulation, but we may need some in the future because there's too much carelessness and no one's there aren't there are a lot of people who do not care about the lives of those that are giving the information to you.
0: Ooh, and I mean what I took from that. Is that this this is a potentially dangerous work? like if you are mm-hmm. saying that you are an herbalist and that you are healing or can help heal people with you know the medicines that you're familiar with the plant medicines, and someone gets sicker or it doesn't turn out how you thought that that has very serious implications. So it's not something to flippantly name yourself as an herbalist. and I guess then I wonder, so what makes one an herbalist like what? Do you think it's time? Do you think it's a spiritual calling? Do you think it's all the things? Is there a particular kind of research people can do? Like how? Yeah. How, what makes you that?
1: I think it's all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, time is obviously the best work experience. You can get hands on mentor with people. Um, I know the American Herbalist Guild has a setup where you can mentor with their herbalists, but there aren't many Black and Indigenous herbalists under that uh, group. Um, you can get training and certifications from other small groups too. I know Herbal Academy is a big one, but again, there aren't many, if any, Black and Indigenous herbalists that work for that institution. Um, Self study. Um, I tell people, if you want to go to school, you can, uh, you know, background in chemistry, biology, things of that nature, or look for um, schools that have global programs. But it's, for me, the biggest thing is expressing empathy for human life. Because if you can understand and express that to your clients, then you are being diligent about it. The information that you give out um as an example <laughs> one day i saw someone recommend mandrake to help with cancer and it does it does help with cancer however mandrake is extremely poisonous and it will kill you if you ingest it oh under certain amounts and it's right. like this is one of those things. Yes, it is beneficial, but under strict supervision of a doctor. Because a doctor can run the test that an cannot.
0: Right.
1: So right. it dips back into ego, you know, mm-hmm. it dips back into empathy and understanding the fragility of life, of yeah. human life, especially. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so all of, all of those things. I love that. I love that. Um, Wow. So let me just get into my next question because it goes right with it. So I'm going to quote some of your tweets that I've seen that have stuck out to me. And I just want you to expound on them as you see fit. Uh, So the first one is (laughs) really just touches on exactly what you just said. So you tweeted. So at some point, I'd love to sit and have a dialogue about this thing called overexposure and the popular herbs. Elderberry, sea moss, alkaloids, da dot, da. Because if you're not lethargic, you probably should not consume sea moss and definitely not on a daily basis. Sea moss surely is packed with vitamins and nutrients, but you know what it can do. You know what it can also do? Affect your thyroid and give you iodine poisoning. Avoid if you already have thyroid issues. Can you please speak more on that? Particularly uh, with sea moss because everybody's eating sea moss right now. <laughs> Everybody.
1: Um. So there, there is this thing that you know, colonization, right, and appropriation. Uh, there are communities that actively use sea moss in small quantities, but they actively use it day to day, and they have no issues. Um, they're not abusing the plant. It's over oh, we're gonna have a. They're not eating like a bowl of sea moss or drinking. Um, a gallon of sea moss. They're taking a couple spoonfuls, putting it in their food, and then that's you know that's it. Um, with west the western mindset, it's more is better, and that you know dips into consumerism, uh, capitalism. But you know that's a whole other can of worms. Um, if it hasn't been recommended to you. That you need to take CMOS for hypothyroidism, hypothyroidism. Then, unless you are lethargic, sick, you're not eating, you're not drinking, you're not defecating, you're not peeing, you shouldn't be taking it on a regular basis um, in large amounts. Um, again, culturally, there I think somewhere within the islands, I I don't know where, so don't hold me to that. But there were a few people that were you know telling me yeah, we take this daily, but it's not in mass like they do within the Western um, states. <laughs> um, right. But no, like, every everything has to be taken in moderation. A good thing can be bad for you. Mm-hmm. Like, in excess amounts, with most of the herbs, you can get a post- photosensitivity, which means going out in the sun can be painful. Um you can build an intolerance to the medicine so that it'll no longer work. Um, it can mess with your eyesight. It can mess with any of your other organs. And so um, that post was more so just like, hey, if you're going to take this, at least be educated on what you're doing to your body or what can happen to your body if you take too much. Right. Um, I've had varying people who um, they were told that they, you know, they should take it. And then they started having complications and that's because they had underlying thyroid issues that they didn't know about. Mm. Um, Or they were retaining a lot of water and they couldn't figure out why they were always thirsty. And it's because it was, they were like borderline um, experiencing iodine poisoning. Mm. And so the recommendations are great, but if you don't have a reputable source to take that information to you to say, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, What do you know about this? then it's a problem because again, people are the, the new fad right now is don't go to your doctor. They're just trying to keep you sick, but take this. And so who, who do you go to for that, for that scale of how much is too much to take?
0: Right. So there,
1: be, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Um, I was just going to say there for those who are recommending the herbs, for those who are retweeting the herbs, there needs to be a level of accountability, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, I'm not seeing it
0: well it's it's coming today <laughs> It's happening <laughs> now It's happening right now. um so yeah, are you telling me that i if no one has recommended me to take CMOS every day, I need to stop making CMOS smoothies for you for my uh immune system? That's what I hate mostly. You can
1: take so <laughs> every person is different, right? Um, it's great if you have not been eating, you know, if you are sick, you're bedridden. But every day, you, mm, I personally would say no, because there are other there are other means of getting the vitamins that you need without abusing that plant. Gotcha. Um, and then that, that leads into something something else. These fads are, they are abusing the plants. That's why we have mm-hmm. lists of plants that are endangered or extinct. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, no one's really caring. It's more about, again, what the plant can do for you and not the plant itself. And that's where you know my problem comes in because if the medicine's gone, then what?
0: Mm, that makes total sense. It reminds me sort of of the 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 sage issue as well people overusing over harvesting and not knowing how to properly use white sage specifically and just burning it and then it's everywhere and it's like but now it's endangered now i think palo santos is endangered and mm-hmm. um it's another popular one too that i'm like oh my gosh i didn't know that that was experiencing an issue too so yeah it's it's remembering that these plants are spirits they're living beings entities. And like you said, too much of a good thing, it'll make it not good anymore. Okay. So the other tweet I saw was that this one particularly hit home because I was recommended this. So I started taking it maca prepares your body for pregnancy many say that it helps regulate hormones and appear thicker in quotes in layman's terms it makes you fertile that in turn increases your libido however real talk is an herbalist if you don't have a legit reason for taking it don't so yeah personally felt not a tech. well personally attacked because I was recommended maca not by an herbalist just me wanting to gain weight and people like just take me and make a maca powder maca, mac-a powder and so i did and it was okay but then i saw you tweeting and i think you actually responded to something that i said um it wasn't this tweet but like if you're not trying to <laughs> get pregnant or do that i don't know why you're taking that every day so can you please speak on that tweet particularly in maca sure um that, that
1: <laughs> I, I gotta lie that day <laughs> you know a lot of people do take it there's like it makes me thicker. you know I'm I'm wetter you know stuff like that yes
0: (laughs) that one too yes yes yes
1: um I'm 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 fertile I am in the mood all the time yes yes these are great things but you don't take tylenol if you don't if you don't have a headache why are you taking plants if we're if it's not to remotely help with an ailment
0: Um, so for the side effect it's kind of made that's what it made me think of like taking a medicine for the side effects and not for what it's made for quote unquote Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um there are ways to get that effect without taking plants that you don't need to it it's it's all about your diet and your metabolism and how your body you know metabolizes fats and carbohydrates uh But um, first things first, the maca that we have here in the United States, is not real because the FDA, um, the last article that I read, they prohibit importing of maca from Peru and maca from South America. So what we have is not maca in its true form. Um, Indigenously speaking, it was given to uh, freshly married couples. Who wanted to produce, procreate, and have children? That—that that is the purpose of that—that plant. In—in my eyes, that's how I see it. If you're not trying to have kids, why are we taking it? If you're not trying to regulate your um, estrogen to have kids, why are you taking it? You know, it's it, there has to be a purpose um, because you never want to build up an intolerance to something, and then when you need it, it doesn't work because you've built up an intolerance, um, which can happen. Uh, but more so with that, it's it's like telling people, read about what you're taking before you ingest it. Um, because the, the the maca that we produce here, it does have, um, I think there's a really popular brand, I can't remember the name. They have fillers in it, the powder that they have. Oh, wow. Um, in the capsules, uh, the capsules uh, aren't. Most capsules are vegan based now, mm-hmm. but they didn't used to be. You know, you have to worry about carcinogens. You have to worry, like, worry about all the additives that they are putting in it for you to have that desired effect. Right, um, and it's just not worth it to me at that point. And um, in, in all honesty, this is where that you know healing the whole person comes in because mm-hmm. it's like what's the what's the deeper issue here right Ooh, you you're taking it to be thicker, okay? Ooh, how do you feel about how you look physically now? What's wrong with how you look physically now? and then accountability comes in, you know, working on that the emotional side of things comes in and start peeling back the layers. at least that's what I do um before we just start diving into, yes, you can take mock to regulate your hormones, but if you're wanting that desired effect, what about that desired effect is so attractive to you to make you take something
0: without a purpose? Right. Again, a holistic, a truly holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, Okay. I have a couple more questions. I'm not going to read a tweet, but I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't ask about Mental health, because this is something that I'm often asked about. I'm sure it comes up in your work as well. Um, I don't know if you want to give us, because every person is different, and, and you may not. But it's okay if you don't. Herbs mm-hmm. that we can research um, to help assist with mental health, and really, you know, how do you determine when people are having mental health problems or issues? If the cause is spiritual, if it um, is something that herbs can assist in, or if it's maybe you know you should see a doctor or a psychiatrist. Like, how have you sort of dealt with mental health as an herbalist, um, and how do, what do you think people can do um, for their, to find their own healing?
1: So, um, the first thing that you know it'll take is transparency. Uh, not transparency with me but transparency with yourself um, because it's, it's going to be an uncomfortable process, just period. You know, we think we're cool. And then whether we're talking to a priest diviner or a therapist, they start pulling things out and it's like, well, shoot, I didn't know mm-hmm. that that was there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there has to be, um, you have to be comfortable with transparency. Um, but usually for me, because granted, I have spiritual um, access to ask Ifa or any of the research that I have, you know, hey, is there something deeper going on here? Um, I have personally no issue referring people out to a therapist or asking, like, hey, have you spoken to a professional about this? Because I'm knowledgeable enough to know where my scope is. Again, because the, the quality and the fragility of life is more important than me uh, pretending to do something that I'm not knowledgeable on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I talks about don't, do not masquerade as something that you are not. Right. Um, and so, you know, I try to stay true to that. Urge um, that you can say, usually the go-to is uh, St. John's Wort.
0: Yes. Um, Love Saint
1: John's work. It's great, but you know, if you're on birth control, don't take it because mm-hmm. it'll cancel out your birth control and your mental health may be good, but then now you're you're pregnant, and it's right. like okay,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Um, it doesn't work well with other um, antidepressants okay. mm-hmm. or anti-anxiety medications. Mm-hmm. So, if you are going to take that route to Saint John's Wort, then Take that, um, or at least bring it to um, the attention of your your doctors, so that they are aware. Um, it can work with them, but under certain percentages. Um, that you know how, however much of the herb is in the medicine. Um, that's probably the go-to. Agamony is a really good one too. Um, it helps with anxiety. Uh, it helps with insomnia. Um, astragalus is another one as well. Um, astragalus doesn't have many uh, side effects, uh, or it doesn't really contradict with any other medications, and it helps your immune system. Uh, it helps with giving you energy. It helps with increasing your appetite. Um, it helps with, uh, you know, sleeping throughout the night as well so there are a few options but it, it is really case by case it's like do you have blood pressure issues right um is there a history of heart issues in your family like all of those things have to be taken into
0: consideration
1: right. um but those are probably your top three right
0: okay so uh, st john's Ward, st john's Ward's agrimony and astragalus you'd say your top three mm-hmm. Okay, Ashe. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for your questions. I definitely we need to talk about um, your book, um, Everyday Herbalism. Can you just tell us a little bit about that book and and who might be interested and where we can find it?
1: I'm I'm so excited about it. Like mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I was nervous. I'm like,
1: no one's gonna read it, and not because Gosh. it isn't interesting, but it's just it's very you know straightforward. Um, it's for everybody. Um, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I use my book. Yes, toot it. Place. <laughs> I mean, BB, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I use it. And that's how I wanted to treat it. I wanted to be, if this is something that I would use, then I'm assuming it's something that other people would use. I can't stand by something if I would use it myself. Um, but no, it you know it goes over our history with medicine because um, you have to know your history, um, which is probably why a lot of these things are repeating right now. Um, but it, it goes over you know some of the grim history that we as Black people experience. In the name of medicine, um, mm-hmm. is very important. You have you have to know. Uh, for me, it's very important. Um, and then you know we break down a few of the most commonly used herbs. Um, I threw in some recipes in there. Um, it's very easy to put together. Uh, it goes over plants. Um, what is it? Elemental signatures, planetary signatures, uh, all of those things that you look for when you are putting your medicine together. Um, but yeah, it's like a little field book and I wanted it to be practical. Um, I didn't want there to be a lot of fluff.
0: So, but yeah, yes, I thank it. you. I have not had a chance to read, but I will say I've heard nothing but rave reviews for the book. So I'm very excited when I find some time to, to read through, I know it's, I just know it's bomb because everybody that I look up to has, <laughs> has read it or talked about it, um, or appreciates appreciates it. So thank you so much. And I also appreciate that you said that there was a part um, talking about just the relationship that Black people have had with medicine uh, over time, you know, whether Western or Indigenous medicine, because I think that that conversation has been coming up a lot, particularly as we're in the midst of COVID and as people are talking about vaccines and, you know, Mm -hmm. that is just what people are thinking about. Um, So just Mm -hmm. thank you for giving us some like logical, thoughtful information, um, even though it's not necessarily about COVID, but it's applicable to what we're experiencing right now. Um, So yeah, I I just appreciate that. and wanted to say thank you. Um, So please plug your things. Like how can people work with you? Like, do we book consultations? Like how do we, how do we work with, with EF?
1: So, you would book a consultation. I am unavailable in the next couple of months. I got an initiation that I'm about to go
0: through. Yeah,
1: uh, 16 days, I ain't ready. Um, <laughs> but normally, you would just book a consultation. Uh, you go to Um, it has all of my divination services, uh, offer generational healing for the individual couples and families, because that's important too, um, And then the herbalist service services as well. Um, I am on Patreon, but don't subscribe to Patreon just yet, because I'm in the process of building a community from the ground up. Um, that's a little bit more personalized um, and an herbal school that'll go alongside with that. I know I'll be working. So. <laughs> um and so yeah, Twitter and my that website that I just plugged, if you need to reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um I'm, I'm pretty okay, so I have to say I'm laid back. People see the title as oh she's a priest or she's edifa. An and I'm like, yeah, but like, I need you to be comfortable. Right. Any, anyone that's worked with me, they know that's the first thing that we have to have in order is your level of comfort um, because it's really hard to read your body because that's one of the things that I do as well is to read your body um, and then also listen to your spirits. Mm-hmm. So um, it is all about being comfortable and I try to be personable with people. So. Right.
0: Well, thank you so much. And we appreciate that. And we appreciate you. So, y'all, Ifayomi, fashola.com, but no booking consultations yet because next few months we need to let you prepare and be in initiation mode. Um, so, for clarity, you don't want us to sign up for the Patreon, or you do, or we should just hold out and just stay plugged in with you until you announce some stuff for us in the future.
1: You can if you want. Um, definitely stay tuned mm-hmm. um, while I plug this information because I have to make sure that you know everything is cohesive, right. Um, but if you're wanting more information about herbs, you can join the Patreon. you know, that's totally fine. Um, I mean, yes, yes, but <laughs> um, <laughs> it'll be changing from Patreon pretty soon here. So, yeah. so like in the next couple of months,
0: Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. Well, I am a patron, a patron, and I will say that there's regularly information posted that is helpful. So, you know, let's, we can just join the Patreon in the meantime, and then we just going to hop on over to what the new thing is. So I'm so grateful and thankful that you, you are on a little juju podcast today and agreed to be interviewed. This was such an informative, informative conversation. Um, you just are always just very thoughtful in what you say and what you do. And so I'm honored to be in spiritual community with you. So just thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you offered us today. We really appreciate you.
1: You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay. I was like, oh, I made
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day. You as well. All righty. All you need is a little juju. Yay, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of A Little Juju Podcast. And big shout out to Ia Ifayomi for being my beloved guest this week. If you would like to reach out to me, of course, you can find me at A Little Juju Podcast, sound spelled out just how it sounds, on Instagram, as well as my personal page, at I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E, at it's Jujube. For any media inquiries, any kinds of consultations, Whatever you may have, you can hit me up on my website, www.itsjujubey.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at uh, jujubay as well. And I think that's pretty much it. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for the continued support to my old listeners. I love you to my new listeners. I love you. Thank y'all so, so much for holding me down and just being amazing to all my guests like I'm just so so grateful to be able to hold this space uh, for us so thank you I will see y'all in a couple weeks I think I was considering taking off in June but you see here I go put an episode out and my low key my calendars booked up so we'll see how I feel but um stay tuned because I got some fun stuff coming I'm thinking about really you know getting into the YouTube world a little bit more so be on the lookout I'm also thinking. I can't tell you everything I'm thinking. Like, it gotta be some surprises, okay? Look at me smacking the mic. I'm so excited. All right, but love y'all. Appreciate y'all. And see y'all when I see ya. Um, be blessed. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Later.